Autobots Transform. Well, hey, welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. I'm John. And today is episode 14 of Transformers Armada. It is Overmatch. Yeah, not Overwatch. I know, dear listener. I know. <laughs> I said Overwatch. Uh, this episode was oh, Rio Moda here. Uh, uh, the last time on Transformers Armada, the Decepticons infiltrated the Autobots' base to steal the Star Sabers minicons on the same day Vance and Fred were visiting. And in this episode, a mysterious figure in a cloak stands on top of a mountain. And when we come back, now Demolisher and Starscream are in this same area. There's this mysterious figure, and they're looking for a Miniconnel. What else? Yeah, in the in the mountains. It's kind of like Demolisher's having a hard time going up the hill, and then Starscream has a hard time. I, I feel this is supposed to be funny, but it didn't read that way. No, not really. And they notice something glowing in the rocks above Starscream, because Starscream is climbing this thing rather than flying up to where yeah, it is. Yeah, he's a smart boy. <laughs> but now Hotshot is here, and he starts driving up this nearly vertical rock wall towards Starscream. Yeah, so, okay, the fact that he is the Star Saber, which is effectively three Minicons, does that time mean he has three times the Minicon power now? Maybe. Plus his own one. Doesn't he still have Jolt? Which I think so. Why wouldn't he be using Jolt to fly rather than drive up this thing? Yeah, come to think of it, I haven't seen Jolt in a few episodes. Anyway, he transforms and then stands on the mountainside atop Starscream and doesn't slip, even though Starscream was, and draws his sword and... Starscream is, oh, no, 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 uh, then Smokescreen shows up. Yep, he's here, too, and Hotshot tells him to snag the Minicon, and Smokescreen's just like, say no more. It just reminded me of Crasher saying that back in GoBots. <laughs> and I'd just like to point out how fucking awesome Starscream looks in this scene. Like, just yeah. the lighting and the close-ups, and yeah, he's just a really, really well-drawn. Yeah, and his character motivation is pretty good, where he is so desperate for another Minicon and the power, he's like, you know what, fuck it, I don't care. I'll go up against the Star Saber. So he charges to get the Minicon before Smokescreen does, and Hotshot slices at him, and it looks... They Later on, they say he lost his hand. He didn't, but it looks like Hotshot almost cut it off. Yeah, nearly. And Starscream starts falling back down the mountain, and he lands on his ass, and he gets his own sword out, but Hotshot is just upon him and cuts Starscream's sword in half. Yeah, and then Smokescreen shoots down Cyclonus. They have a little bit of a fight. Uh, and Megatron is like, Demolisher, you go attack. And Demolisher's like, well, y- you gonna help me? He's like, uh, no, no. <laughs> I think he's, like, worried about leaving him alone. He's trying to make excuses or something, but <laughs> it doesn't matter because Optimus appears out of nowhere and tackles Megatron from, like, 100 feet in the air. Oh, yeah, like falls on him feet first. Boot to the head. (laughs) Down. And that leaves Demolisher as the only Decepticon standing, and Hotshot basically tells him, go ahead, make my day kind of thing, and Demolisher blasts at him, but Hotshot jumps over that and comes down with the Star Saber and cuts Demolisher's guns clean off. Yeah, it is brutal, and Demolisher freaks out. He runs away, and then uh, Smokescreen comes out, and he's got a minicon uh, named Liftor. 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 (laughs) Now that sounds like a GoBot name. Yeah, and Hotshot thinks the Star Saber will finally put an end to the war with the Decepticons, and now we're back with whoever this is looking at the moon, and it's Transformer, we can tell that, and he's like, you wish, but when the Autobots look to see who said it, he's gone. Yeah, thus begins the shit talk. <laughs> uh, so back at Optimus HQ, Rad is looking in the fridge, and he wants to know why the fridge is full of tools. 
And, okay, and then Carlos comes in, he's like, hey, don't worry about the food, man. Alexis is going grocery shopping, but that does not address the issue of why there are tools in the fridge. Yes! There's like a can of motor oil, and it's like human-sized tools. Like, the Autobots didn't put this stuff in here. You clearly brought this stuff to the Autobot base and put it in there. And if Alexis is going out to get food to put in the fridge, and Rad doesn't know why there are tools in the fridge, the only person left is Carlos. (laughs) Unless it is, say, the Minicons, but even then, there's no logical reason to put your tools... This is... This annoys the shit out of me. But now with Alexis and Grinder, they're at the uh, that's the supermarket, and she has him in a hockey jersey and a face mask. Which, if this were now, wouldn't be in the slightest bit strange. He's wearing them. Oh, if he's a robot walking around, it's kind of strange. But the face mask, yeah, it's perfectly normal. <laughs> the has kind of a wig on too. <laughs> yeah, I'd argue that a robot walking around now is actually more normal than it would have been when this show first came out. Well, that's true. Oh, yeah. then there was this great bit where she's like, oh, I'm going to get you this. I think it's degreaser or lubricant or something so we can clean you up. Wait a minute. Is this going to like kill you or short circuit you? Ah, I don't care. <laughs> and then the kid from a few episodes ago, is like, mommy, mommy, I saw a robot. She's like, yeah, that's nice, dear. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now here's the, th- th- this drove me nuts because I don't know why it drove me nuts because it, it stands in contrast to another episode, but big fucking surprise with this show. But the episode when they had the party up at the observatory, everybody was like, eh, robots, I seen a hundred of them. Yeah. And now people are like, yeah, there's no such thing as robots, whatever, dear. But now anyway. I guess we're back at the base. Alexis is back and she tells the boys to stop eating so many midnight snacks and they wouldn't run out of food. So the kids live here now? 12-year-old children live here? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> All right. To be fair, you and I grew up with like a, a kid's show where a little puppet boy lived in a treehouse with a dog <laughs> in a guy's yard who I don't think was his dad. Did you ever notice that, I think I brought this up before, Casey talks but has a mouth that doesn't move and Finnegan doesn't talk but has a mouth that moves? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure there's some dear listeners, Americans, who have seen Mr. Joseph. He was our Fred Penner. I kind of think we might have talked about him before. Anyway. Or our Mr. Rogers. You should say, yeah, Fred Penner was Canadian too. Oh, Fred Penner was Canadian too. And and I know this is a generational thing, and, and millennials, you can kiss my ass, but Mr. Dressup was better than Fred Penner. And you know what, boomers? Uh, Mr. Dressup was better than the friendly fucking giant, too. <laughs> now, if you excuse me, I'm going to go drink some maple syrup and fuck a beer. <laughs> well, Rat asks Alexis, or why did you take Grindor, letting him, you know, risk being seen? And Red Alert agrees with Rad. It's like, you know, there's going to be hell to pay if the Autobots get found out about, even though people have already seen them. Yeah. And then Red Alert, th- this is kind of some neat character building where uh, Carlos is like, hey, you know what? It's boring around here. Why can't we go with the Autobots? Where are they? And they're apparently halfway around the world on a mission of some kind. And Red Alert's response as to why the kids can't go is he says, it's probably nighttime right now. And after dark is no time for children to be outside. So this guy has like a cybernetic stick up his ass. (laughs) Before the streetlights come on kind of thing, but not because there are Decepticons there and you might get killed. It's just because (laughs) it's past your bedtime there, so you can't go. (laughs) So anyway, then Murphy tells him that uh, he's upgraded Laserbeak so it can hear their voices halfway around the world. And I have questions. Yes. Well, for starters, he calls it it. Didn't they refer to Laserbeak as he before? Yeah. Even um, I've had this problem where I'm, I'm wondering if it, what gender it has. But yeah, it's always been it or he. I'm kind of waiting for halfway through this series. They just refer to it as she and then Zim. <laughs> okay, here's my questions. Does this mean Laserbeak can target only those three voices or can it effectively hear everything in the world all the time? <laughs> 
and distinguish individual conversations. Yes. Kind of like that, uh, there was an episode of Star Trek where Data's listening to something, and he's like, yeah, there's 73 different conversations going on in there, and this one's talking about this, this one's talking about that. I, where the hell are we? I've completely lost my spot. Well, now on the moon, the Decepticons oh, yeah. are putting themselves back together, and uh, Megatron wants to know how the hell that went so badly. It's like the worst defeat they've ever had, I think he says. And Demolisher's <laughs> like... It was a bad defeat. <laughs> Demolisher's like, it's that accursed Star Saber. So Megatron says that means they need to break into the Autobot base and try and make off with the thing again, because it worked so well last time. Yes, and then this cloaked figure shows up and really gets into the shit talk. He doesn't have anything... It's not that he doesn't have anything positive to say, it's that he has the most over-the-top blowhard insults and bravado on display all the time. For everybody, like, including Megatron. Like, man, you just walked into Megatron's fucking living room and you're gonna start talking shit about him? (laughs) Like... That's balls that clang. <laughs> exactly. So, and Megatron seems to be okay with all this, but he's like, oh my lord. Okay. My turn. Hello, Mr. or Mrs. Homeowner. I'm here today with an offer you can't pass up. It's Scavenger. Hey, this one actually kind of almost sort of looks like a Constructicon. Hey, Paul, check it out. Doesn't this kind of look like a Constructicon? Kind of. Almost. Yeah. Wait a minute, you two beatniks like this cheap plastic crap? I wouldn't say I like it, but it's the closest to something from G1 so far, after Optimus. Well, Starscream's not too bad in that sense. One scavenger, one Optimus, and one Starscream. I'll put in an order today. That's not what I meant. Right out, two of each. That's definitely not what he meant. Too late, fuckface. I'm getting the bonus on this deal for sure. <laughs> what a maroon. Well, yeah, so it's Scavenger, who uh, is a, a Constructicon or just a kooky guy in a cloak. Who knows? Yeah, he says he's a mercenary. And did you notice that Demolisher has bandages around his guns in this scene now? Yes, I did. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, Scavenger, yeah, he's a mercenary, and he just... He talks about how all, like you said, he insults everybody. They're all useless, but for some reason it's going to work for them. I guess it's money. Or Energon or whatever it's going to be. Or Yeah, whatever they're paying them. But then Starscream has had enough of this shit talk and he attacks. Yep, but Megatron basically calls him off and Scavenger points out that Starscream tried to attack him even with a damaged arm, which is admirable, and he'll gladly have it out with him once his arm is healed. Like, he's not going to fight a wounded soldier. He's going to wait till he's healed, then we can have our fight. Okay. Although it's not just admirable it's so much more admirable than megatron who's a big fat loser and has a tiny penis and i don't like him and he smells like cabbage (laughs) (laughs) also there was this bit where uh scavenger just he puts his fist up to starscream's face when starscream charges him yeah they needed a better shot what i wanted to see was a gun at the end of that fist like it looked like he should be ready to blow starscream's head off i'm faster than you back down little boy anyway none of that happens um and then oh man we have a commercial break but when we come back scavenger picks up a boulder and there's a minicon yes he's out on some island just lifts a rock and bang minicon except this one is yellow for some reason and kind of looks like the cliffs of dover (laughs) a little not really but and for some reason laserbeak is flying around this island too yeah okay (laughs) laserbeak's flying makes me laugh laserbeak looks like a penguin trying to fly <laughs> there's nothing graceful about it in fact Laserbeak, <laughs> he she they uh, doesn't even flap their wings they just kind of fly through the air with every limb extended out as wide as they can go oh it's like <laughs> legs spread oh it looks so silly so anyway Laserbeak's flying about and i think they're tracking scavenger but it's not clear yeah because the rest of the autobots and decepticons are here now and they're 
squaring off. And Hotshot wants to start with the sliced and dicing, but Optimus tells him to stay focused. So I guess they're losing patience with his the newfound confidence using the Star Saber. Yeah, but he does not lose. Actually, he kind of keeps focused because he's like, you know what? No, I can take them all on myself. So he leaps at Demolisher. And when he does, Cyclonus shoots him down. So he gets back up, jumps again. And with the Star Saber... Cyclonus is in vehicle mode. He slices off his tail. <laughs> it cuts like, him in twain. Yes. And Cyclonus is like, ah, my poor butt. Just <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty okay. <laughs> so um then uh Starscream is like, okay, you know what? Fuck you, I can take you on. And they Starscream draws his sword and they have this very long standoff. Yeah, now Starscream's sword glows red, so maybe he's linked with his minicon and that's doing it doesn't really show it but they square off but now scavenger is here and he laughs and hotshot's like well who are you yeah scavenger is the guy you know he's the guy who walks into the room talking about how big his dick is and everybody in the room goes oh god this shit (laughs) you know know what i mean it's like he has so much bravado that i'm like what are you covering up for so at this point he better come out and like punch out optimus with a fart he better be (laughs) that powerful well he knows optimus and he says it's nice to see him again and apparently it's because of him that Optimus is spending his life caught up in these battles because he's the one that taught Optimus how to fight. Yeah, Optimus actually seems to be a little embarrassed to admit that. He's not proud of the fact, but uh, Hotshot and Starscream, then they charge each other, clash swords, uh, and then knock each other back, and Hotshot realizes that that didn't even phase Starscream, and he starts to doubt himself. Yeah, he thinks that maybe Starscream is more determined, and they take another swing at each other, and this time Starscream cuts Hotshot's face. We just see all these like yellow metal shards go flying. It kind of reminded me of the fight at the end of Rob Roy, where the guys just start picking little like death by a thousand cuts yeah. kind of thing a little bit yeah it was dope so then they clash swords again and on this one hot shot like he did previously cut starscream sword in half well yeah this time he actually mentions that he's linking with the star saber so why he didn't do that in the first place i don't know but yeah he cut starscream sword in half again but uh, Starscream's not done yet, but I guess he is because Scavenger's like, that's enough. He's down on the ground now between them. Yeah, he tosses his cloak aside. And this is where we see, you know, he, as far as looking like a Constructicon, yeah, he's not not bad. Yeah, he looks like kind of a mix of all of them put together, especially yeah. the dreadling ones like uh, Bone Crusher and Scavenger. Yeah, uh, then, okay, so he kind of proves himself because of what I was saying, he better be cool. Hotshot comes in at him and... Scavenger literally punches, like, connects with the actual blade itself and punches it out of the way. And then, like, he tries to tackle Hotshot, but Hotshot gets the sword up just in time. It it cuts into Scavenger's arm, but he doesn't even flinch. In fact, he kind of, like, holds it in place because he has treads on his arm, and he kind of holds it in place like it's stuck with his treads. So then he just starts laying into Hotshot and just knocks him in his ass, and Hotshot drops the sword. Mm -hmm. But rather than pick the thing up, he just tells Hotshot, shot not bad for an amateur or something like that and we'll meet again and then just walks away do you ever see fist of the north star a long time ago like oh 20 25 years at least yeah scavenger reminds me a lot of that movie of like i'm the baddest badass there is there's like a lot of one punch man with scavenger where i i you are a good foe but i will come back and fight you at another day just so we don't (laughs) have to deal with the conflict now but um (laughs) megatron sees the star sabers in the ground he goes to uh grab it Optimus gets in the way, so he can't. And then just at that moment, Cyclonus shows up and he's like, hey, I found a Minicon. Yep. So the Decepticons retreat. They got what they came for. 
and smokescreen helps hotshot up and now on the moon here we go again megatron can't get this damn minicon to wake up and demolisher's like hey dummy this is another combiner thing haven't you ever heard of the shield that that can defend the uh, star saber this is one of three yeah and once megatron hears about that he just starts laughing ha 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 this guy's a mercenary. Is he gun for hire? Well, who hired him? It wasn't Megatron or Optimus. Both of them seem surprised when he shows up, and the others don't even know who he is. By the way, he's here, and he found the Minicon first, so why not just sell it to Megatron right away? Uh, what was the point in rehiding it for them to fight over? Does he just like being a shit disturber? He had no way of knowing which way the fight would go. Better yet, if he's good enough to not only track and then find these things before either the Autobots or Decepticons, and he knows this one is a paperweight without the other two, then why not wait and get the other two? Because you know they're going to show up in order. That's how the show works, man. Then sell Megatron the whole set at once. Like, take a look on eBay for how much people are asking for a single G1 Constructicon, say, Scavenger. Loose. No accessories. Now look and see how much people want for Devastator. All six Constructicons, all the parts. Yeah, gonna run you a lot more than one loose Scavenger without his gun and Devastator's right forearm, so times six, buddy. A whole lot more. And then wait till you see what the crooked bastard's selling at once for shipping. That's how they get you, man. $89 to ship two pounds of fucking plastic? It's ridiculous. And when you get the damn thing, it says right on the box that he only paid ten bucks for... Here we are at the end of another episode of the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show, Overmatch. Uh, Paul, what did you think of Overmatch? Uh, it wasn't bad. It was not bad. They're, they're, they're getting better, these episodes. But um, it would have been so much better, though, I think, especially where Scavenger says that he trained Optimus to fight if after Hotshot drops the Star Saber, because there's that scene where Optimus puts his foot down so Megatron can't grab it. Maybe Optimus should have picked it up and it's like, oh, yeah, you want to see how he trained me? <laughs> Let's go. Kind of. Yeah. Thing. It, yeah. Like I, I was saying, it, it felt like they just they went, oh, look at how bad this guy is. But I'll be back. And he walked away. Yeah. It, with all that bravado, I like I said, I, I wanted to see him do something amazing. And, and honestly, in this show, it's like punch out Optimus or punch out Megatron. Yeah. One of the two. This episode, it, you know what? It felt like kind of everything I've come to expect from Rio Motohira. Yeah. A uh, fistful of Energon. This was not. Where this guy's Ooh. kind of playing both sides. No, you did not. Do, you did not do it right. No. <laughs> um, so uh, the next episode Paul and I are going to watch is Gale. Uh, if you want to see a couple blowhards, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at John Sobey. Paul's at pmcperson1. Yeah, make sure you rate and review us on your podcast app, whatever it is you listen to us with, and tell all your friends, tell everybody you know. You can tell them that they can find old episodes of the Transformers Nitpickers podcast show at transformersnitpickers.podbean.com, and until the next episode, keep on transforming! See you later. Ah, my poor butt.